Welcome to Sports Central. I'm Rick Drew. I'm Phil Fechner. Well, Phil, it's been a while since we've seen each other. Well, yes, I'm on leave at the moment. Um, I'm missing you, Phil. Yeah, I know. I thought you would be. <laughs> but the Redbacks go on, Rick. Well, the Redbacks. What Did they s- get a win? No. No. What? No. Queensland batted throughout the entire day for a very honourable draw. Really? Yeah. It's hard to believe, isn't it, after you make 500-odd in the... Uh, First dig, and uh, 505 they actually made. Wow. And uh, what about and, Pope? He would have spun them out, wouldn't he? The second well, innings? Popey's actually had a very, very rapid learning curve, I think, Phil, in first class cricket. Um, you know, after taking uh, seven for in his uh, yep. first innings, naught for 101 in the second. Wow. That's brought him back to earth, hasn't it? Well, it has. I just hope that. It doesn't do him any damage because the media has a lot to answer for and they've built him up as if he's already Shane Warne after he's taken seven for. And the reality is that, that and well-deserved, I might say, from the highlights that I saw, but, however, as an 18-year-old, you don't take seven for too often. Um, and the reality is that after the first or second innings and the first season... People take a lot more interest in you. They look at all your videos, and I think already he's found out that um, he won't be getting too many more sevenfers too mm. often. And the other thing that worries me, and this is the old cricketer in me, I guess, is it worries me that they bowled him for 34 overs. And he's an 18-year-old, um, and I hope they don't wear him out. Um, you know, they've got Victoria this week, um, and I, I think that, you probably could expect South Australia to spend a fair bit of time in the field against the Victorians. And if he's going to, you know, be asked to bowl 34 overs per innings, uh, I'm not sure as an 18-year-old he's ready for that. Mm, interesting. What about Mulbate, the run-making machine, Fergie? Fergie? How did he go? Well, Fergie didn't make many, actually, Phil. He didn't play. What? He didn't. <laughs> Amazing story. He pulled out, well, I think it was a strained uh, calf muscle. Oh. And Tom, Super Cooper, came in in his place and just cruised to the odd... 178. 178. Wow. So if you say, well, that was in place of Fergie, then Fergie made a lot of runs, didn't he? Well, yeah, but just not under his name, that's all. <laughs> that's but that's right. the... Isn't that incredible that there's a bloke who wasn't even in the original 11... And he's made made 178 out of the 500. Lehman didn't do himself any uh, harm with... uh, 126. 126, yep. Um, I think Lehman is actually beginning to play a lot more disciplined cricket, and I don't think there's any doubt about the talent of the the lad. What I do think is that, as I've also said about Trabby, that they've got to learn to bat for long periods of time. How many Trabby, mate? Uh, 16, I think oh, it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. I tell you who is interesting, though, is this uh, ha- uh, Sam Heslett. Oh, yeah. Um, the Queenslander who batted all day uh, and um, throughout the day uh, to save the game, making 118 not out. Not only is that his, I don't know, second or third or fourth century for Queensland, but he's the lad who created some history last year when they picked him in the Australian one-day side against New Zealand, and at that stage he'd never played a one-day game for Queensland. That wouldn't have been done before, would it, Rick? Well, not to—I'm not aware of it having happened before. It does indicate, though, that um, 
somebody in the hierarchy believes he can play. Mm. He's only young as well. And, um, you know, it takes, uh, having, you know, had my brief five minutes of glory, it takes a lot to bat for a day in a first-class game. What did he end up making? 118 not out. Okay. Uh, and he's batted all day. Um, and, you know, that's called occupying the crease. Mm. And that's, that's what, what I like. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I really like. Boring cricket. <laughs> uh, it's nothing like a true cricket lower. <laughs> what about the Aussies? Three nil down. Yeah, well, in the one day twenty twenty. I know it's not your your game, but it's, um, it's not my bag. But the the sad truth is, and it's been true since nineteen fifty six or even before then, when uh, Jim Laker uh, and uh, Tony Locke spun Australia out. Uh, in the famous uh, test in England, um, as soon as the ball spins or swings or cuts, Australians do mm. not travel that well. And it's not being neg- it's not me being negative, it's me being honest, that that's the history mm. of our performances. Why we don't produce practice wickets and use balls... You know, I, I mean, I heard... Uh, one of the Australians say today, well, we've got to get better about playing spin. Well, tell me something we didn't know already. Yeah, exactly. And we've got the Indians coming out. And our best um, batsman, he's gone for 12 months or so, isn't he? Kawaja. Yes. Knee injury. Um, So, I mean, it it is amazing that after all this time, you've only got to look at the English quicks who can swing the ball. We have trouble against them. Anybody who can spin the ball... I mean, um, and we ne- we don't seem to learn. Mm. I mean, we've got all these coaches and specialists going around, and if you and I can sit here and know that that's the problem against a ball that so- moves sideways, Aussies are found wanting. Mm. Let's do something about it. Exactly. I mean, it's gone on for year after year oh. after year, and we sit here just and, talking and about and it, and nothing <laughs> seems to yeah. get better. Um, the other thing that amazes me uh, is, again, with w- reflecting on all the coaches, the footwork is non-existent. Um, back in, dare I say, the mid-70s in our day, we used to use our feet to the spinners so that if, as long as you stay at the crease, then you are letting the spin bowler dictate the line and length that he's going to bowl to you. Mm. Now, it doesn't matter whether it's Shane Warne, you, me, or anybody else, and how much spin is put on the ball. If you get to it on the full or on the half volley, you can hit it. Mm. And if you stay at your crease, then yep. you're in strife. And and to you look at some of these replays, and it's as if they've got their feet nailed to the ground. They don't move them. Now this Pope, just uh, I don't, as you know, I don't know much about cricket. He spins the ball both ways. Oh is yes, that right? he, he's he spins the ball very much both yeah. ways. Now that that's an advantage. It'd be rare. Uh, well, it is these days. Yeah, yeah. The big problem is, of course, with the way cricket's played, is how patient you are in developing someone as young as he is. Um, let's face it. Warren started off in a very ordinary fashion, mm. and you persevered, and he turned into be the best spin bowler the world's ever seen. Now, I'm not suggesting that. That Lloyd Webb's in that category, but he's pope. got huge potential. Pope. But he's got a pope, rather. Um, uh, but he's got to be looked mm. after. Oh, absolutely. 
He does. I mean, that's where the future of our cricket is, isn't it? In a young, young lad like that. Well, well, it is, but you can't bowl him for 34 overs, you know, regularly, I don't believe. No, I think you're right. Well, that's probably enough about the cricket. We might just go on to the AFL, a little bit happening there with uh, drugs in sport again, oh, Rick, drugs eh? drugs in sport. Phil, his ugly head's come up again, hasn't it? It has. You know, um, I guess it's quite openly public that uh, Mummy uh, was uh, sniffing on the powder. Yeah. Um, and I hear that there's a Port Adelaide bloke who's been in a bit of strife as well. But uh, Well... And, well, let's face it, I mean, they, they've got to do something. Well, Phil, that's, you're right, that's so correct. I think, I think it's probably a far bigger problem than, than the AFL are admitting to. What you do about it's the million-dollar question, you know, and the scenario is simply young, highly testosterone bodies between the age of, say, 18 to 30... With plenty of time, plenty of money, mm. and bored, mm. and what do you do? And if that's not a formula for getting into trouble, I don't yeah, know what right. is. Exactly right. And I think we're unfortunately, particularly with the advent of Facebook and the way things get passed around, we're probably going to find out far more. And you know, it's probably happening, as it were, <laughs> excuse the pun, under our noses, yeah. without us really knowing it. Um, but what you do about it, I have no well, idea. They, 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 like, they seem to almost laugh it off. You know, this Mumford thing, I saw it on the news the other night, you know, they sort of have a bit of a, mm. a cheesy giggle about it and, you know, not much is happening about it. You know, and way it goes, it disappears and he's back in the, yeah. you know. It is interesting, isn't it, that sitting on the fence and being the devil's advocate for a minute, it, it, it is interesting that when it comes to sport, right, it's, and may I say this to start with so that any listener doesn't get me wrong, I'm certainly not an advocate for either uh, legal or illegal use of drugs. But it is interesting that in the sporting world, if someone gets caught or found out using them, socially or whatever it might be, it's a no-no and something has to be done about it. And yet you look at some of the, the great master painters of the past you look at rock and roll superstars, whatever, and they openly brag about mm. their use of drugs and it's almost looked upon as being acceptable. Yeah, you're right. You're you know, spot on. Um, and and there's, it seems to me there's an inconsistency that if you look at the great artists of the world, some of the great names from centuries ago, they were all into these heavy drugs. Now, you can say, you know... The same with rock and roll arts. You know, how much were some of these brilliant songs inspired by LSD or yeah. cocaine or whatever, and yet we have another set of rules for sportsmen. And you could argue, and not again, I'm not in favour, you could argue that sportsmen using these drugs is not enhancing their performance, it's damaging it. Mm. You know, it's not as though, um, well... It may be in the past, I think it's gone now, it may be that something like the use of speed might have um, perhaps enhanced, I'm not sure, I don't know enough about the chemical structure of all these things, but there's there's a weird inconsistency. Well, as my wife always says, she's not a football fan at all, but she always says the footballers seem to be untouchable. Yes, 
yeah. virtually untouchable. Yeah. You know, you know, they are made to be gods and you know whatever. Two, you know? Se- two yeah. sets of rules. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right, enough of that. Um, quickly on Winks, 29th win, Cox Plate. Why couldn't have I been a part owner? <laughs> I'll be the other half. <laughs> yeah, an amazing performance. Isn't no it? question about that. Um, you know, I'm not sure how you rate horses, and it's a bit like trying to rate a 100-metre Olympic sprinter against a marathon runner. You can't. But, um, you know, where that performance rates four in a row is against Maccabi Divas' three Melbourne Cups mm. in a row... Long distance versus shorter distance, I don't know. But all you can say is that Winx is a great sure. horse. Absolutely. Must have a heart nearly as big as yours, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I would think so. But sorry, just getting back on the AFL, we, we missed the uh, first round has come out, Rick. It has. What do you it think? Has, well, Carlton Richmond. Oh. Do we do a tip now? <laughs> <laughs> Richmond by how yeah, much? I would have thought. Collingwood and Geelong, we would think Collingwood would win that. That's a Friday night. Well, I don't know so much. You, we, we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves. And Melbourne and Port, well, that's a shoe-in. That's Port. <laughs> <laughs> Over Mel- in Melbourne. Melbourne. Melbourne at the MCG. I don't think that would be the opening that Port would have wished for, to be honest. But Adelaide and Hawthorne. We get to see uh, little Wingart, Chatty, baby, well, back here will. the first game of the year. How would that? How amazing would that be if he kicked five, <laughs> ripped um, them apart? Him and Burgoyne, best on ground. <laughs> um, that will be a good game, I would think. Western Bulldogs and Sydney. That'll be a good game too. Um, yeah, where's I'm, that being played? That's in uh, Melbourne. All right, Marvel Stadium. What? Where would that be? I mean, they put these names in. Where would you go for the Marvel Stadium? I think you'd need to get your. Uh... Wouldn't they have that in brackets? You know, like. <laughs> Eddie had or, you know, or letting us know where it would be. Well, it would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, Brisbane and West Coast at the Gabba. That will be a good game too. I mean, Brisbane are the, that dark horse team, I reckon. They're going in the right direction. Let's put it that St. way. St Kilda and Gold Coast. Wow, bottom for the uh, wooden spoon battle there, eh? <laughs> Phil, it's too early to be hey? harsh. There you go. You heard it first <laughs> here in October. <laughs> GWS and Essendon. Well... Well, that's a good game, yeah. possibly. And Frio and North Melbourne over in Perth Stadium. Well, we, I mean, I guess to state the obvious, it's going to be a bit dependent upon who's recruited whom. Um, you know, you look at North Melbourne uh, with half of Port Adelaide side yeah, playing for Yeah, it should be straight Port Adelaide, <laughs> shouldn't it? <laughs> you, you just don't know yet. It's a bit yeah. early. It's a bit early. I, yeah, know, you're, I know you're excited. And the draft is coming up. I believe it's in uh, next month. Yep. So, uh, that'll. I mean, it's interesting to see. And that's pretty important who they pick up. And it's not necessarily, as we've talked about, not as necessarily early draft picks are good draft picks. Well, I think, as our listeners have heard us say already, I, big call, I think early draft picks are overrated. Uh, I'm not saying there haven't been some very successful early draft picks, but there's also been some pretty non-events as early draft picks. And uh, I think to sell your soul to get, you know, umpteen picks in the first 10 isn't Mm. necessarily the way to go. No. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, it's all interesting times. I mean, can uh, make and break some of these clubs, uh, some of the recruiting they do. So, um, yeah. Time will tell. It will. Now, listen, Phil. Oh, the joke. We are, I almost forgot, Rick. Oh, I'm glad I, I mentioned it to you then. Did you hear about 
the funeral and there were no flowers on the coffin, just a set of golf clubs. And one of the mourners looked at the other one and said, he must have been a keen golfer. They're bearing his clubs with him. Not really, said the second mourner. It's his wife's funeral and he's playing around afterwards. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I'll give you 10 out of 10 for that with our producer likes it or not. Well, it's I got my so. you, thumbs seal, up over here. Seal of approval. <laughs> uh, We're probably running over time, Well, Rick. I think we've run out of time. We've had a... I think it's been interesting. Yeah, had a bit of everything. It have been. Yep. So uh, until, this, and, until next week, this is Rick. This is Phil.